Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Pella County some years ago, and I heard him say this many times. He said, good singing makes bad preaching sound good. <laughs> so even if this is a bad sermon, it'll sound good. Because uh, I tell you, the singing and the worship has just been awesome. I'd like for you to open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we'll begin reading in just a moment in verse 13. We have started one of the most exciting and timely studies that this church has ever done. Last Sunday, we started talking about the return of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I ask you, child of God, could anything be more exciting for us than the knowledge, the understanding that Jesus Christ is coming back for us in this crazy, chaotic, confused, sin-cursed world? We have that eternal hope of glory that our Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for us. And we live for that. Man, that is our excitement, uh, our joy. Now, I want to encourage you, don't get in a hurry. I have a tendency sometimes to get in too big of a hurry when we're dealing with these subjects, so I'm encouraging you and me at the same time. Don't get in too big of a hurry. We'll take our time. We'll set up camp right here. We will go through this study in slow motion, if you please. I want us to, to learn everything we can about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, two things should take place as we go through this study. First of all, there should be a growing excitement among all of us who know that we're saved and we love Jesus and we're trying to serve Him. I think there will be more excitement, if possible, in this church than we've ever seen before because we know our Lord is returning. The second thing is, there should be a growing desire among every one of us as we look at this subject, a growing desire to make sure that we are right with God, to make sure that we're not just going through the motions, to make sure that we're not just playing games, to make sure that when that great and glorious day comes, that we are ready. Now, the return of Jesus is a major subject in the Bible. 318 times the New Testament references the return of Jesus. 23 of 27 New Testament books talk about His return. 216 chapters speak of the return of Jesus. On an average, one out of every five verses talks about Jesus coming back. There's more written on His return than any other doctrine except salvation, and that makes sense. The number one doctrine in the New Testament is that we need to be saved. We need a transformation. We need a new birth experience. 
We need a supernatural touch from heaven that changes us from the way we used to be to new creatures in Christ. That's number one. But then the second most dominant doctrine in the New Testament is that that our Lord Jesus will return. For every verse in the Bible on the birth of Christ, there are eight verses on his return. So the bottom line is this. If you believe the Bible, then you believe Jesus Christ is coming back. If you believe the Bible, you have to believe that this is uh, one of the great motivational factors for every one of us to live for him and to live for his glory. Now, um, our text is actually 1 Thessalonians 4.13 through 5.11. I read all of that last week. I won't read but six verses today, and we'll pick right up where we left off last time. 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 13. Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And I love this. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Uh, we don't, this should not scare any of us. This should be very, very comforting. Now, Paul is shedding some light on a subject and giving us some details on a subject that the Bible talks about some 300 times. And, and one of the details embedded in this text is something profound. It's something that you and I need to see. We need to know this. It's found in verse 14. Here it is. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Now, think with me just for a moment. In order to believe that one verse, in order to believe that, we have to believe something else. We have to believe that the body and the soul are not one and the same. You see, in order to believe that one verse that Paul says, we have to believe something else. We have to believe that the body and the soul are not one and the same. We have to believe that the soul lives in the body and that those two can be separated at times and will ultimately be separated when the physical body dies. Now, that may not seem like a big deal right now, but one day that'll be a big deal for you, for every one of us. This is what I call a need to know. You need to know this. And the reason I know you need to know this is because the, that's the reason it's in the Word of God, for us to know it. You see, you need to know this because this 
can radically and completely change your attitude about life and about death. When a loved one dies, when you die, when your physical body dies, you do not die. The spiritual part of you will not die. The real you does not die. The conscious part of you will not die. Your soul will not die. When the physical body dies, the spiritual soul is separated from the body and goes immediately into the presence of the Lord. A lot of scripture to back that up. I'm not just making that up. That's the reason Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul believed, and we know it's the truth because it's in the Word of God, that the body and the soul can be separated. One can be absent from the other. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you read it in context, Paul said, I desire, I long for the day. Anybody here longing for the day? I long for the day when I'll be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. This is the reason that Jesus said to Martha in the Gospel of John. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And listen, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The reason Jesus said that is because Jesus wanted us to understand as His children that those who live and believe in Him will never die. The physical body will die. The real you, the spiritual you, the conscious you, your soul, you will never die. You will not die. Every now and then some Christian will say to me, I, I, I just don't like the idea of death. I just don't like that. And I, I tell you, friends, I, I think the turn of events, and we'll talk about this one day in glory. By the way, let's have a reunion day when we get to heaven. Let's all of River of Life get back together and talk. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think the Lord will let us do that. And, 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 and so, so here's the deal. The enemy wants us to believe that the worst day of your life will be when you die. I got news for you, friends. That'll be the best day of your life. That's the day you get to see Jesus. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You will not die. You'll be separated. And that's what Paul is saying in this text because they didn't get that. They didn't understand it. And they were grieving and mourning because they felt like somehow their loved ones who had believed in Jesus and served Jesus and died had somehow missed it. Paul said, oh, they haven't missed it. They haven't missed it. Their bodies are still here. Their spirits are with the Lord. They are with the Lord. And Paul says when he comes back, he's going to bring them with him. You see, friends, if you and I die before the rapture, then your body will be laid to rest. Your soul, your spirit, will go into the presence of the Lord. And let me just reassure you, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard people say, Pastor, I just don't even like to think about being in a casket. I don't like to think about being in the ground, about being buried. 
Well, don't think about it. Because you're never going to see the inside of a casket. You're never going to be in a grave. Your physical body will be, but that's just the house you live in, and that's where it will be placed, but you will not be there. You'll be in the presence of the Lord. And, and, and then this is what's going to happen. And then Paul says, Jesus will come. And when he comes back, he'll bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. The word sleep in Jesus is a euphemism for death. Those who have died in Christ, he will bring them back with him. A French philosopher who died about 60 years ago made this crystal clear. This is one of the greatest statements I think you'll ever find on the subject. Here's what it says. This is what he said. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. That's pretty clear, isn't it? See, you're not a physical being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. You are a spirit, a living spirit that inhabits a physical body. And one of these days, you will leave that physical body when that body ceases to live. But you will continue to live. I believe with all my heart that you'll be more alive then than you are right now. I mean, you're going to wake up and it's going to be unbelievable. We, just, we have all kinds of testimonies. Now, In order to drive home this point, last week I started giving you some testimonies of people who were testifying that they had out-of-body experiences, that the body and the soul got separated. That for a moment, for a few days, uh, sometimes longer than that, the body and the soul are separated. And they give graphic details of what happened when they were out of their body. Now, you might say to me, Pastor, why do you believe that stuff? Well, I believe it because it lines up with the Bible. I also believe it because we have exactly the same testimony in the Bible. Paul talks about an out-of-body experience where he went into glory, saw things that are not permissible to even share on earth. So, I, I thought I might move on, but I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to just set up camp right here. And stay a little bit longer. So I want you to hear a few more of these testimonies this morning. And we'll begin with uh, Pastor Terrell. Would you come to the pulpit? Amen. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. But I thank God for the privilege to say this testimony on this morning. I haven't told this story to too many people before, because people are kind of, I don't know, they're kind of strange in these areas, but <laughs> praise God. Let me, go, let me go forward with this. My father, at, a, at pretty much all of my life, he told me this story, and I'm, you got to know my dad. My dad was a Marine Corps veteran, battle combat veteran, and uh, he was a man's man, so to speak. He was about 6'4" probably about 400 pounds, about two times bigger than me. And uh, one thing you know about Alvin Eugene Terrell, he did not play with God. Amen. And he meant business when he was about God's business. And uh, I've grown to, to respect that and honor that 
especially later on in my life and my years. But he told me this story over and over and over again. Got to the point where I used to go to him and say, Daddy, tell me this story. I got to hear this again because I was fascinated by it. But every time he told me this story, he would have to sit down. He couldn't stand up and tell it. And uh, when he sat down, most of the time he would begin to weep. And I would see, now this man did not weep on a regular basis. This was not a weeping man. You hear me? Because uh, like I said before, he was a man's man. And uh, he began to weep before me. And he, he'll begin to tell me about heaven. Hallelujah. And that heaven is for real. That heaven is sure. And that there's a place that we all go someday in our life. And we live our lives to, to such a, uh, a place in God where we can, we can obey God's commands and live for God that we'll get opportunity to be there. Um, like I told you before, my dad was a veteran. He served in Vietnam. And there was a point in his life where uh, he had an injury over there during battle. Uh, some strap metal had injured uh, parts of his body. So he was sent back home. When he was sent back home, he was sent to Pensacola, uh, to the Naval Hospital there in Pensacola, to recover from his injuries. During the process of him recovering from his injuries, um, he had some time that he can just go out and kind of do his own thing. So he had this, this motorcycle at the time, and he decided to go out and cruise the boulevard and take some sightseeing. And as he began to cruise the boulevards, um, he was riding on the beachfront there in Pensacola, and uh, he, his attention drew near to the beach. Of course, they had some pretty ladies on the beach at that time. And uh, he got his focus on the beach and wasn't focusing on riding the bike. And the bike began to sway. He began to lose his balance. And the nearest thing he seen that was close to him to try to stop his fall was a palm tree. So he decided in his mind that he was going to grab the palm tree to try to escape his fall of course he was a big man long arms he, he thought he can do it strong guy so that's what he decided to do he let the bike go he grabbed hold to the palm tree and he thought sure enough that was going to help his his fall well what happened with the motion of the bike with the speed he was going at he did not see the palm tree behind that tree and what happened when he grabbed that palm tree he swung his body around and he smashed his leg. He broke his leg in 12 places. 12 places. So he smashed his leg in 12 places. Uh, he had eternal bleeding. Um, of course, the medics came and got him. They brought him to the hospital. And uh, he died at the hospital. Um, they typed up his paperwork. They sent this paperwork home to his mother. Wasn't back like it, was, it is now, like then. Um, they didn't have cell phones, so they had to type the paperwork up. They had to put a stamp on it and send it in the mail, send it home to mom and dad, let them know what had happened. So they put him in the freezer at the hospital. Uh, hours went by, but it's at this moment he began to tell his story. He said a light shone in that room like none he had never seen before. And he said this light has such a radiance um, effervescent radiance that 
It illuminated everything around it. It consumed everything around it. So something in that light was drawing him closer in that light. So he began to walk in that light. And the more he walked, it was almost like a, like a, a pipe. It narrowed as he walked down the path, as I remember what he told me. And when he came down to the end of the light, everything changed. The radiance of the, of the light began to enlarge, and before him was the very place we call heaven. Now, he said in this place, it was like no other place that he, he has ever seen before in his life. Of course, he traveled the world, um, being in the military, being in the Marine Corps. He's seen a lot of different places. But he said the grass in this place was so lifeful. It was almost like the grass itself had a voice, like it was speaking, like it was alive. He said as he began to walk on the grass, normally your footprint would be there as you walk along the grass. He said he had no footprint. He said all he could, he could see that the grass was still had lifelike features and lifelike movement to the grass. He said as he began to still walk, he, he noticed that he was walking next to a river. As he walked beside the, the river, what we would say the River Jordan, amen, there's a river there in heaven, y'all. But as he walked beside the river, he noticed the water and the waves in the, in the river was so crystal clear, um, almost like a translucent uh, crystal clear where you couldn't see the top from the bottom. It all connected together, if that makes any sense. And he said the water itself was almost moving, moving like it was singing, like it was, it was speaking, like it was talking. Um, he said it was like nothing he's ever seen before. And as he, he still began to walk there in heaven, he came along the gates. And those gates, they, they say in the Bible that they look like pearl, but he said it was, it was pearl, but it was like a rainbow of colors of pearl, colors of crystal, colors of, of, of diamonds, and, and it was reflecting off one another. And he said it was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen. And uh, he said at that point, there was a, a man that came to him. Him putting in his own words, he said the Lord came and spoke to him. Told him of all of his life. Told him that he could either come in at this moment or he could go back home. Uh, now, my father, knowing my father, my father always wanted to have a, a family. He always wanted to uh, have the responsibility of doing that. And at that time in his life, he was dating my mother, but he wasn't yet married to my mother. And he was serving over in the war. My mother was still back home in Mississippi. And my, and my father was now in the hospital, her having no idea that he had injured himself only way that they would communicate was through letter by him fighting in the war. So as he laid there, as he was there before the throne, he said he wanted to have a family. So he told the Lord that he wanted to come back. Amen. To have an opportunity to have a family. So the Lord released him, allowed him to leave, and he came back. As he came back, he found himself in the freezer, 
on a gurney in a freezer. And his, as he woke up, his leg, which was broke, his right leg, which was broke in 12 places, it came off the gurney. And at that same moment, one of the nurses were coming in there to do their normal chores, check on records, so that sort of thing. And he said he scared that woman half to death. <laughs> said her, her hair, her hair, she said she was a black woman, her hair turned white. As he put it, he said, our hair turned white. Praise God. But that experience, um, what, what happened with me later on in his life, and my God, my, my, my father, he lived a godly life. He had challenges, but he always raised me up in a godly manner, godly fashion. Uh, he got ordained as a, a minister of the gospel. He was a Methodist minister. And... Uh, through those ups and downs in his life, I've always seen my father. One thing about him, he kept God first. And uh, he made sure that we had an understanding without a shadow of a doubt that God was to be first in our lives. Um, during his time in his life, it came to uh, Hurricane Katrina. It was right before I moved here. Um, my father, he became sick. And uh, he got pneumonia, but you know anything like my father, he would try to take self-medicate himself um, and, you know, do all these remedies to try to treat himself. He never wanted to go to the hospital. So I was like, Dad, you need to go, you need to, go to the hospital. At the time, I was working at Avondale Shipyard as a welder. I was like, Dad, you need to go. No, I'm not going. I'm just going to wait it out. We're going to see how it goes. Well, it got so bad, he had to go. So he finally went to the VA there in Biloxi. And while he was there at VA in Biloxi, uh, he, he had a heart attack in the process of him having pneumonia, and he got real sick. So me and my pastor at the time, Bishop, Bishop Taylor, decided to go down and go see him. But during the process of us going to see him, he already fallen into a coma, and uh, they were saying that he didn't have a whole lot of time left. Um, Actually, he had another heart attack after the first heart attack. So we went in there, of course, as we believed by faith, we went in there and prayed. We was believing God was going to raise him up. And uh, we went in there and laid hands on him. And as we began to lay hands on him and, and pray the prayer of faith, something happened in that room. His body that was laying on that gurney began to rise. I know it began to rise because those those. Uh, the gurney that he was on, um, he had a, uh, what they call those, uh, it's like a pillow top uh, pad that they laid them on. And it began to, it was, it began to inflate. The air in it began to inflate. Now, I mean, his body, his pressure would have been, it would have been deflated. Um, but as it, his body began to rise off of that, I can feel the presence of God come into the room. And he took a deep breath. And all of a sudden, he, he, he exhaled. And I knew that his spirit had left his body at that point. And I, his spirit left that body. The, God, the Lord gave me a release. He gave Bishop Taylor a release. We knew he was no longer there. His, his spirit was no longer there. He had left that place. Now, his body lived another another 
I think it was approximately three or four days. His body still lay there. Now, they took him off of uh, all the apparatus and, and medical equipment, the breathing equipment. They took him off all of that, but his body still lay there. And, uh, but his spirit was no longer there. Glory be to God. It was no longer there. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. To borrow the words of Brother Charles Watley, God can do some stuff. <laughs> he can do some stuff. Now, if, if I understand this story correctly, this was before you were born. So had he stayed in heaven, we wouldn't have Pastor Al Terrell with us. I'm glad he, I'm glad he decided to come back, aren't you? Now, this is, this is amazing what I'm about to share with you. And that is some very extensive studies and surveys have been done in the United States alone. It is estimated now, these are good, solid surveys across our country. It's estimated now that 5 to 6% of the American public has had some type of near-death experience or out-of-body experience. That means somewhere between 13 million and 19 million people testify to having an out-of-body experience. And I just got to tell you, I've heard so many of them. Uh, and they're not all exactly the same, but there's some similarities between all of them that give it credibility. Uh, but so many times I've had people tell me stories. Um, uh, one that stands out to me, uh, I believe Brother Dallas was with me. We were over at the Brownsville Revival, standing out in front of the church. A man and woman testified. Uh, he had a heart attack in the front yard. She dialed 911. They sent the paramedics. Uh, they started working on him. His heart stopped. His heart stopped. They had him in the back of the ambulance and doors were open and they were working on him. This is where he stepped in and started testifying. He said, I left my body. I went up through the roof of that ambulance. I was ascending into heaven. And he said, I was way up high and I could look down. I could see my wife there. I could see my body. I could see them working on me. And, uh, and he said, it, I was just at perfect peace. And he said, and then I heard something. He said, my wife, this is... His testimony now. He said, my wife stood at the back of that ambulance. She pointed her finger inside that ambulance. And she said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to live. He said, at that moment, I went into a free fall. <laughs> he said, it was kind of upsetting because he said, it was good with me. And he said, I went into a free fall. I thought I'd hit the top of the ambulance. He said, I went right back into my body and I woke up. Now you say, Pastor, I'm not sure I believe that kind of stuff. It's okay. They did. I do. You will. Maybe not now, but one day you will. You know why? Because you're a living spirit that lives inside a human body. And one day they will be separated. Uh, very quickly, I've shared part of this story with you before, but this is in the book uh, by John Bevere, Driven by Eternity. A uh, 10-year-old boy by the name of Justin uh, died, heart stopped. Uh, uh, 
he was brought back three days after Justin got out of the hospital. Greg, his father, noticed his son's face was glowing. He asked, what's going on, Justin? Justin replied, Dad, I've been with Jesus. When the TV hit the bathtub, that's what happened. Uh, he had a little TV that he set up so he could watch the ball game in the bathtub, and it fell in, and he was electrocuted. When the TV hit the bathtub, I didn't feel a thing. A huge angel grabbed my right arm and took me straight out of my body. We flew through a tunnel and landed on one of the streets of heaven. Justin went on to tell his father that the streets were not golden. They were made of pure gold. He could see through them. Justin shared that the first people to greet him on the heavenly streets uh, were relatives who had died. He named each of them, some of whom he had never met or whose names, which his mom and dad recognized he had never even known. Justin was conversing with all of these people when suddenly he heard a rustling and the group around him split apart. There stood Jesus. The Lord took Justin on a tour of heaven. He said, and I, this, the reason I went back to this story is because I'd heard your testimony. He said, the flowers, the grass, and even the rocks were all alive singing in harmony. Justin said it seemed as if they were praising God. If you stepped on grass or flowers, it wouldn't be crushed. It immediately rebounded uh, to its previous position. Justin noticed the colors were vibrant and bright, much more so than he had seen on earth. There were even colors he had never seen. He also got the privilege of seeing his grandfather. Listen to this. And he got to visit the mansion that his grandfather lived in. Then came the shock. Jesus told Justin he had to go back to earth. Justin didn't want to leave heaven, but Jesus brought him to a place where he pulled open a veil and Justin could see his father calling him back. This is part of the story I like the best. Since that time, Justin has told his father to never call him back if it happens to... again. Don't call me back. Justin later shared with his father that he wasn't... Now listen, he was not 10 years old when he was in heaven. He said, Dad, I had the body of a grown man. Many, including Justin, believe that we will all be 33 years old when we are in our glorified bodies. And I don't know about you, but that puts a real big smile on my face. I am really excited about that. That, I mean, I want this to be true. And it really does make sense because the Bible says, when we see Him, we shall be like Him. That's what it says. <clears throat> now friends, these are things that should encourage. Why wouldn't God allow testimonies like this? Testimonies that the skeptics can doubt, but the believers can relate to. Why not? This is what we know. This is what we know. We know according to the Scriptures that when a Christian dies, the spiritual soul of that Christian is separated from the body. We know that. We know that the body remains on earth and the soul goes to be with the Lord. And we also know this. If any of these testimonies are true, these are not disembodied spirits. They have glorious, beautiful, attractive bodies. We know that. And here's what we know from our text. We know that one glorious hallelujah day, the Father will say, it's time. The trumpet of God will sound. The voice of the archangel will fill the earth. The sound of praise 
and shout will fill the universe. And our blessed Lord Jesus Christ will return from heaven with all those who have died trusting in him and believing in him. That's what we know. And child of God, I've got some good news for you. Either way, it's a good deal. If you live until that time, you're going up to meet Jesus. If you die before that time, you're coming back with Jesus. But either way, it's going to be a great reunion day. I close by asking you a question. Are you ready? If your physical body were to die before this day is done, are you ready to go be with the Lord? Are you? If the Lord Jesus Christ and all the redeemed of heaven were to return before this day is done, are you ready? I heard an elderly preacher say many years ago something that I agreed with, and I can't quote it verbatim, but it went something like this. He said, when a man or woman arrives in hell, and I want to just stop right there for a moment, friends. If you believe in Jesus, if you believe in heaven, if you believe in the rapture, if you believe in all this other stuff, you have to believe in hell also. It's there. And this is what this old preacher said. He said, when a man or woman arrives in hell, he said, they have ignored thousands of signs and thousands of testimonies all along the way that said, stop, wrong way, turn around. God loves you. God wants to save you. He said, when a man arrives in hell, he's ignored a thousand opportunities to let God change his life. I want to ask you today. I want to encourage you today. Please don't ignore any more testimonies. Don't ignore any more signs. Isn't it time to get right with God? Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.